0: I am your anchor, an ever-present help In calm waters or through the storm I am with you When you feel weak I am your strength Your provision in times of need I am with you In the highs and the lows In every rhythm of life I am with you Your guide, your wisdom, your counsel, a light for the path and a lamp to your feet. I am with you to the very end of the age. You are never alone. Hey Kingsgate, how you doing? It is so good to be here with you. And as you may be able to tell, I'm not from around these parts. Uh, from uh, My wife and I are from Sydney, Australia, sometimes. Um, we spend a lot of time out and about. I think last year it was 300 nights that we travelled uh, helping churches around the place. But i got to say, um, we, there are things, lots of things we don't know that God is doing around the world. But we do get around. And we spent five months in some of the best churches in the U.S., a bunch of time up this way, Australasia, South America. And I'm not honestly, I said this to the group on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, not saying this to carry favour. Um, if, if you are a committed member here, you can, in the right sense, be incredibly proud of the impact, not only to you, but what God is doing through Kingsgate and your senior pastors to help churches right around the UK and Europe. It's really, really significant. If you're new, if you're a new friend here and you're going, oh, just I, I, let me say, if I was anywhere near this place, this is where I would come to church. Um, I want to know that that the kind of church that is here is is not just about us, but we're actually... Um, engaged beyond our own four walls and even beyond our own local community and so uh, Pastor Dave I want to say a huge thank you it's an honour for me to be here and uh, and to I understand that this pulpit is very precious and these people are very precious so I don't take that lightly why don't we why don't we thank God for for Dave and uh, and Karen So my beautiful wife Valerie is uh, is with me here, and uh, we've been uh, married for 35 years, and uh, we still love each other, and we like each other most days as well, <laughs> which is always good. Not only do we have three kids, kidults uh, as I call them, uh, 32, 30, and 28, uh, Leah in fact spent Two stints in London. She's a filmmaker and uh, worked on. She worked on Great Gatsby and uh, among other things. And uh, was working with Working Title Films here. Um, our son, uh, they've given She's got a little grand, uh, little daughter. <laughs> she's got a granddaughter. Well, for us, it's a granddaughter, and that's the most important thing, right? And uh, we have two little grandsons. I think they're up here. This is little Frederick and Montague, Freddie and Monty. And uh, that was an appropriate, appropriate response. Oh, that's great, you know. <laughs> And, uh, and this little one is Aubrey. That's Leah's daughter. And uh, those wings are absolutely real. And uh, they make you do crazy stuff. Not only does it give you a whole kind of generational mindset at a whole nother level. We ha- we, I've been driving a little uh, little VW Eos. It's a little sports car. It was my midlife crisis about four or five years ago. And, uh, uh, um, and, and, and you know, it's great. It's really good, but you can't put a child seat in the back. So guess what? We have to buy a new car. So we bought an SUV kind of thing. I was in the in the um, I was in the car studio. What is it? Car showroom. I was trying to get the name. Car showroom. And I was having a look at one. It was too small, and uh, and one was too big. Felt like Goldilocks. Um, and and then the middle one was just right. And uh, And so they said, why don't you take it for a drive, test drive? And I said, I've got to pick my wife up and uh, she's at the mall. And Not that she's always at the mall, she goes mad at me for that. So One time in four months she was at the mall. And so they said, why don't you take the car overnight, take it for a spin. Take it, in fact, through the National Park, which is not too far away. I thought, that's fantastic, I may not bring it back. So... I went and picked my wife up and we're driving through the National Park. By this stage, it's getting kind of just on dark and we're having a great time. We're thinking, this is a great car. We were totally sold. And uh, out of my peripheral vision, we're driving along, it's getting dark. This grey flash comes out from the bushes, smack, kangaroo cleaned up the front of the car. Yeah, absolutely, hey. And it's funny, you know, I talk to guys and they go, oh man, the car. Talk to ladies, what happened to the kangaroo? (laughs) It grew wings. It's in heaven now. And uh, um, so I took the car back the next day and I said, hey, I said, good news and bad news. We love the car. <laughs> bad news is it's not quite in the same state that you gave it to us yesterday. And so, uh, and so uh, they, they actually uh, talked to us about it. I wanted the black one with black wheels. My wife wanted the white one. Oh, stop it. You know what? You know what we bought, right? The white one. The white one. But actually, I was about to sign on the black one. And and the salesman came in and said, listen, I never do this. You're about to sign. He said, I've been talking to the boss. We really want you to have the white one. In brackets, unsaid, the one you just trashed. And uh, I said, how badly do you want me to have the white one, knowing that I would be blessing my wife, and probably it was the right decision to make anyway. And they said, $8,000, we want you to have it. I said, sold. So we got the white one, I got the black wheels on it, and uh, it w- I, call it, I call it my kangaroo discount, right? and uh, but we, we do get around as, as has been said, and, and uh, you know lots of jet lag, lots of late nights, and all that kind of stuff. In fact, I want to say. Three, three o'clock the other morning, I had another message. I'd already talked to Dave about it, and uh, it, was the, it was consistent with your Holy Spirit message like today will be. This is week three of the series, Never Alone, and I'm excited to bring uh, this message to you. I love the Holy Spirit. He's a great uh, friend and, 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 and counselor and confidant, um, but I was three o'clock the other morning, I was awake, and I just sensed. Mm, mm, that 's not the message i 'm needing to preach i 'm needing to preach something else now that 's always for a preacher a bit like, oh really, I kind of was set on that God. can we just negotiate this? You know he wins every time and uh, but his, his honestly i 'm excited about this. I land this message on ezekiel forty seven and I had no idea that was the Key text, if you're new, it's been the key text for a 2020 vision that Kingsgate have been running with. And so when that happens, you go, hello, everyone say hello. hello. God's up to something. And I believe not just for my message, I actually believe once God wants to do something fresh in hearts here. Um, so you, you can come with us to to uh john john chapter 14 i'm going to start with the cortex that's been happening um but uh, people ask how do you handle a jet lag and i I say simple answer three bottles a day helps me get through it's really fantastic first bottle is eye drops because my eyes are often bloodshot because of all the back you know and and funny, i was putting eye drops in the other day and uh, as i put it in a weird thing happened i put it in I opened my mouth automatically. And I thought, what's that about? I don't want to drink it. I just want to put it in my eye. And I thought oh, maybe that was just a little, you know, folk. As I did the second time, I felt the Holy Spirit just prompt me. And he said, that's what I want to happen for you. He said, as I open your eyes to a new dimension of who I am, I want it to be that you can't help but open your mouth and speak out the amazing things that I am doing in your heart and life. The second bottle is nasal spray because I'm in air conditioning all the time. You get blocked up and so forth. Today, as we open God's word about the whole precious Holy Spirit, my heart, whether you're brand new on this journey, you're a tire kicker like I was in the, in the, uh, in the, in the car yard there, or, or maybe you're leaning in, you felt promptings. I, I just think this is going to be absolutely wonderful for you today. And the third, the third bottle, um, and this is a little bit embarrassing actually, My wife claims that I snore. (laughs) I have no proof. (laughs) I I have, in a gentle way, brought the challenge, darling. It's called a recorder, you know, because I I want to be married more than thirty-five years. I was I was in a pharmacy in a in a a chemist in in the US, big big one, and and I came across this little thing. called Snore Stop. Ladies, write it down. Snore Stop. It's shaped in the, the shape of a, like a little fire extinguisher and a little red thing. It looks like a little fire and it has a nozzle that comes out. And so I thought I'll, I'll buy that just for my wife, no, for me, <laughs> for, for me, for my wife. And, and I thought I'll, do it. I'll dry run it first. So I, I pulled aside by, I was by myself, got the Snore Stop, put it up my nose, nearly burnt the inside of my brains out. I thought, no wonder you don't snore. There's nothing left inside your head to snore with. And then I read the instructions that said, spray in your throat. (laughs) So... My prayer for you today is as God opens your eyes to fresh things, it would be impossible for you to do anything but speak out the great things God has done. My prayer for you today is that we talk about the Holy Spirit. There'd be a fresh breath of the the Spirit of God that will literally come into you. And my prayer for us today as we pray is that we would follow His instructions. Can we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You that Your Word is truth. We thank you that it is so powerful. Lord, you 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 love us so much that you've given us your Holy Spirit so that we are never alone, so that you call alongside to help us at every turn. And today we are so grateful for that. God, would you would you breathe on this word, Lord, and that you would would you touch our hearts deeply in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 John chapter 14 and verse 16. It says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Everyone say helper. Helper. The Holy Spirit is a helper. That word also means comforter. He is not a Casper the Friendly Ghost. He is actually a helper. A helper actually helps. I know, genius, right? He helps with the very practice, the simple challenges, the irks in your heart, the consternations, the thing that kept you awake last night. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of life and He wants to build more of Himself in your life. You know, I love John 10.10. It says, "The, the enemy, the devil, comes to steal, to rip off your joy and peace, to kill your future and to destroy anything good around your life. But here's what it says, I have come, speaking of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is another helper, just like Jesus, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. How many are happy about that today? Yes, that's God's heart for us. And And so this has been our key text. It goes on and says that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him he dwells, listen, with you and in you. He dwells with you and in you. Very personal language. The Holy Spirit's not an it, not a force. He's a person, a a person who has called alongside to help us. Hey, come with me to John chapter 7. Just back a few, turn left, go back a few chapters. Um, just to link a little bit, tiny little heads up, we're not going to go too deep into this, but it's tiny little heads up. In Israel, they loved to party. They loved to partay. And they used to do it around their spiritual uh, beliefs. And, and so they would have a, a festival or a feast and uh, they have a bunch of those. They'd spend a chunk of money on that. Uh, the drinks would be flowing. They would celebrate the goodness of God and their life and their family. This is one such celebration and uh, party that they used to have. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles, and it was kind of a bit of a throwback to remind the current generation that there was a time when they were traveling like uh, nomads through a wilderness area, a desert region, and uh, they were kind of living in little booths, little, little tabernacles, little kind of tent type of things, and so trying to help the story to continue on. Um, on this particular feast, Jesus rocked up. And, uh, and, and on the last and great day of the feast, um, there was something special that would happen. Because water is like gold in the desert, uh, they would do a water ceremony. And uh, again, we're talking here, and I'll show you specifically in a minute how this is the, the, the Bible specifically says, water here is a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. God especially says that. And so uh, the, the, this water ceremony, the priest would process with a whole bunch of people behind about the half a mile, three quarters of a K from the temple down to a pool uh, that, 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 that would actually draw water from. They'd go back up and they'd pour water over, the, uh, over, the, over the, uh, the altar. Here's where we pick the story up. On that last and great day of the feast, verse 37 of John 7, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart will flow rivers. I just like saying that. Rivers of living water. Now, this is, this is, a, this is a, a tight connection thing. God is saying, obviously not water is not going to flow out of your, your tummy. Out of, the Holy Spirit is going to flow out out of us he's going to flow out of us not just to waft around like the the smoke machine does during worship He, he wants to flow out of us that would help us as the helper to help a whole bunch of other people this is where it gets real specific the word of God says but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Spirit, the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because at that time Jesus was not yet glorified. Hey, you don't want to miss next week. You do not want to miss next week. Um, Dave is going to be speaking about um, actually taking it to another level. He's going to, there'll be different people and uh, different levels in terms of your experience of the Holy Spirit here today. Some would have heard of the Holy Spirit, some back in the day, the Holy Ghost. Uh, Some have been in weird situations where people have claimed it was the Holy Spirit. Others others, like, I don't know about that. I was taught some funny stuff. Next week, all will be revealed. Dave, in his own inimitable style, is going to get that very, very practical so that you can walk away knowing that you've had an opportunity to actually receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I would not want to miss next week, quite frankly. And so this whole deal is very, very powerful. Out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Thinking about that Holy Spirit water metaphor, it takes me back to a verse, just a couple of chapters back again. In John 4, we, we see a story where Jesus, it says of Jesus that he, he had to go, it was, he needed to go through this way, which was Samaria. Now, just so you know, Samaria, Samaritans and Jews did not speak, didn't get on. It would be incredibly unusual for a, Samarit- sorry, a Jew to go near Samaritan territory. Almost like, you know, Manchester City, Man United, different side of town, don't go there, right? That went well. Uh, and, so, and so this was much worse than that. Jesus It says he had to, now he didn't have to go there. He wouldn't normally go there. He had to go there for this woman. There was this little lady who had a really checkered background. She was sitting at noontime when the sun was high. The the, the beating desert sun was, the reason she was there and no one else was there, she didn't want to talk to anyone. She had a litany of boyfriends and husbands. She was, in a sense, in incredible shame. And Jesus Turned aside to say, Hey, how you doing? Oh, I thank God. Valerie and I have, fir- we're first generation Christians with pretty checkered backgrounds. Carly, I was doing okay at school, 14. I was sexually abused by a man, and that kind of started the demise. I then, in order to prove my manhood, my heterosexuality, I, I, I was getting pretty, was this okay? Is that okay before lunch? Yeah. Come on, let's let's talk. Let's talk honestly, authentically. This is my story, and and uh, I, I then trying to prove myself and 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 hurt a lot of people in the process, including me. Ended up with a teenage pregnancy at eighteen. I was going out with that girl for eighteen months. And we were going to get married and it was all going to be wonderful. I was working two or th- three jobs, actually. Raised maybe a 12,000, a equivalent of 10,000 pounds or so. And, uh, and, and it fell horribly apart. I mean, I, honestly, my life was such a mess. Her parents said, get away from that guy. I would have done exactly the same if I were them. So there's no hard feelings in that regard. Only the sense of she married someone else well, way before I met Valerie. And God had his way in that regard and, uh, and raised this child. But I never saw the baby. And the baby was born on my birthday. And so, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't say it to feel sorry for me. I'm just saying that's where I come from. I remember one day I tried to go and see the baby at the hospital just after it was born unannounced. Ever had a good idea that wasn't such one? It's one of those. Had a dozen, ro- dozen roses and, and I went to, hey, can I see the, my baby? And they, they said, excuse me, sir, wait there. They were ready for me. Uh, we need to go. No, don't, don't, please go. We, they don't want to see you. So I'm walking through the inner streets of the city of Sydney, right on the edge of the road. I, I threw those flowers down into the nearest trash can, near, near rubbish bin I could find. And trucks were flashing by within a yard or a metre of where I, I honestly could have done something stupid that day. That's where I've been. So when I stand here before you with the unspeakable privilege of of breaking open God's word, I just pinch myself. I don't deserve any of this. I've got an amazing wife that is just unbelievable. Three kids that just, we laugh all the time. They're following Jesus. Grandkids now. Are you kidding? The grace of God, the spirit of life that can turn you around. Oh, yeah, The end of that story. I hadn't ever seen my child, and I was preaching one night at our, our church. And uh, a couple of people responded, like at the end of the service. I'm going to I'm going to give people an opportunity here to say, hey, you know what? I need to check this Jesus thing out more. I got to lean in. I, I want to come back into that sweet spot because I'm I'm a mess at the moment. I, I'm wandering. I, I'm not. I'm distant from God. So, so here's what happened: preaching. A couple of people responded after the service. One of them in the foyer. I was just kicking back, cruising around. Valerie had gone home. One, uh, someone came up to me and said, can I talk to you for a minute? And I recognized her to be one of the ones that lift a hand. In the middle of our foyer with people going everywhere, this beautiful 18-year-old girl looked at me in the eye and she said, I'm your daughter. First time I ever laid eyes on her. You know, I'll never forget that, obviously. But those words, and, and, and without being too spiritual about it, it started to make me think about God. And when when our hearts get estranged from him, like she said, I'm your daughter. And my heart just about did cartwheels. I fell in love in a daddy-daughter kind of way. I I, I quickly sat down, grabbed both her hands, sat down on a couch in our foyer. Time stood still. My executive pastor walked past and went, are you okay? (laughs) Like so brazen. So look, I say that to you. The grace of God is amazing you can sense the spirit of life here kind of ramping up, just wanting a crack at your world, just wanting a crack in a good way at your heart. Say, come on, let me help you. Let me be the comforter that's called, who's called alongside to help you. Is that cool? That's the heart of your God. You're in the right place today. You know, the Old Testament has some uh, beautiful analogies Um, and and pictures for us. And uh, one of those can be found in Exodus chapter 15, as we speak about the water and the metaphor that that is for the Holy Spirit. The quick backdrop to this is the children of Israel have just gone through the greatest water miracle of all time, God brought them out of slavery into, uh, on the way to the promised land, uh, to the wilderness as it was. But they, they had Pharaoh's army behind them, the, this body of water in front of them called the Red Sea. You probably heard about that. And, and, uh, and, and they were freaking out. And God said, Moses, stick your rod out over the water and the water's parted. And so the children of Israel went through, it says, on dry land and Pharaoh's army came after them and after the children of Israel were safe on the other side and the waters consumed them and their enemies were wiped out. That's the backdrop, the greatest, arguably, the greatest miracle of water that had ever happened. They then came just three days later, three days, major miracle, three days. And they're going. They're complaining and whining and whinging to Moses. We haven't got any water. This desert's dry. So God takes them to this place called Mara. And we pick the story up here, verse twenty-two of Exodus fifteen. It says, "So Moses brought Israel out from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur and went three days in the wilderness." And they came to Mara. Now the word Marah actually means bitterness, bitterness, and you'll see why in a moment. Um, and they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore God named it they named, the name of it was called Mara. And the people complained against Moses saying, "What are we going to drink?" and so forth. So God showed Moses a tree, and he ripped off a bit of tree, threw the tree in, hey, beautiful picture of the cross right there. So into the bitter waters. The, the tree or the cross was thrown. It's not just history lesson here. I, I don't need, as I said in the first service, to be a prophet, to, to know that there would be those of us that would be going through bitter waters right now. Not, not even necessary anger. Oh, I'm sure there are some people and you, you got it in for someone that God's tapping on the door of your heart saying, come on, let it go, let it go. Forgiveness. But even other situations, marriage situations where it's a bitterness to your soul. Other, other condemnation and shame for what, has been, what you've been involved in. Even things way back come up and boom, there they are. That's, that's happened to me. Other, other situations where there's a real bitterness right now in the marketplace. Financially, things are really tough. So, so I, could, I could go on. But we, we live in a broken world. And so in this amazing group of people that have come to worship together at Kingsgate this morning, there would be people who have that bitterness of soul. For the, for the children of Israel, that's all they could taste. That, that ugh, Bitterness. But here's an amazing thing. Let me, let me just go a bit deeper for you or with you. Um, as, you, as you think about the reason for bitterness in water, could someone throw me a water bottle right there? Just, just, just get me a water bottle. Just, Thank you so much. This water, this water is just, if I tasted it, it's, in fact, I might. There's no temptation to spit it out. It's just, it's just like a bland water taste. The reason that water is bitter is there's stuff in it that either ought not be in it or it's added to that. Scientists now tell us about the area that the reason that water was bitter, there was an overabundance of a certain couple of elements. And they say that those elements were calcium and magnesium, which not only make bitter water bitter, but actually do a couple of other things. Uh, elite athletes, and there's not many of us left, they actually... Excuse me, madam you're laughing way too loud at that. <laughs> I'll tell you where to laugh really loud and where to just go, huh, smile politely, okay? <laughs> just joking. So, so the, 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 it, it creates a compound called dolomite, which actually helps the heart function in extreme conditions. Isn't that interesting? Children of Israel are about to go into the wilderness. God maybe had some elements in there to actually help their heart function, but it does something else. The, the, the pooled waters in Egypt uh, actually attract not only mosquitoes, but they attract parasites, and so there's, there's very good uh, authority that would indicate that the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, carried a whole bunch of passengers. They, they, had, they had more than a tummy upset. They had parasitic over, overgrowth. And the calcium and magnesium is also, before lunch I think this is okay, a purging agent. We'll stop right there. God had performed arguably one of the greatest miracles through water to get the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now God was wanting to do another miracle of water to get Egypt out of the children of Israel. God will never tire of helping us to move onward and upward to allow those things that we're not keen on those things that drive us, those passions other than God, those desires that are going to take us away from the purpose of God, God's heart through the spirit of life is to help us. No matter what is on the surface right now, there might be extreme bitterness. The the streams, the rivers of God always run deep. And God always has our best interests at heart. God always, no matter what that that marriage thing, that marketplace thing, your job, your finances, that estranged child, just that 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 that, that, that depression that covers you like a blanket. I want to declare to you today that you've got more than a friend. The Holy Spirit is a friend, but He's the Spirit of life. And when the enemy wants to rip you off and destroy you and steal from you, the Bible says, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. That's the heart of God for all of us. Come on. We go right to the the end of the Bible. There's another beautiful story about water. And again, the Spirit in the context of what we're doing here. Um, I won't read it just for the sake of time, but let me tell you the story here. I think the, the, uh, the scripture is on the screen. If you're filling in the blanks, that first one there is the, the spirit of God runs deep. The, the, the next one, number two, is the spirit of man runs out pretty quick. So, so I don't know whether, you, maybe this is just me. Have you ever been tempted just to kind of do it yourself? Our daughter Leah, who's that film producer I mentioned before, uh, from a very early age, uh, I say, she was born. You know how the doctors used to smack their bottom to get them, get them crying and breathing? The, the doctor smacked Leah's bottom just after birth. Leah turned around and said, you do it again, buddy. You're in big trouble. <laughs> that kind of describes, one of her first, time, her first phrases was, I do myself. <laughs> can we make it? I do myself. Oh, you can laugh. We've all got a bit of, I do myself about us. And when we do try and just do it ourselves, maybe it's not happening spiritually. We've started to neglect. Just, 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 being, just bring it back to simplicity. It gets complicated. We get, we get convoluted and maybe confused in our thinking. And God's saying, this is not hard. This is not complicated. I want to keep it simple. My spirit is provided to help you. My spirit is the spirit of life that's, 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 that's given to you, who's given to you, in order to bring life in every situation that feels like death. Well, the Laodicean church, they had a bit of an issue. Uh, sorry, they, they, the city even, they had not a good water supply. But just over the way, there was a little town called Hierapolis that had healing medicinal springs. And then on the other side, there was a place called Colossae. You might recognize that from the, the, the Apostle Paul, St. Paul. He, he wrote to the Colossian church. That's them. Well, they had chilly mountain springs. And so one smart aleck kind of gets up in the middle of, you can imagine, a council meeting or something like that, or the elders and says, hey, gentlemen, ladies, I got a, I got a, I got a solution. We're going to aqueduct water, the, the steamy, hot medicinal water from Hierapolis. And we're going to aqueduct the chilly, refreshing water from Colossae. We'll be the first town in the history of the world with hot and cold running water. You're welcome. <laughs> what he hadn't figured on is that the water came down the aqueduct. It, it got lukewarm and gathered with sulfur and became bitter to taste. Well, the the Colossian water went from chilly to to lukewarm, gathered sulfur, became bitter to taste, which is why Jesus in this passage in Revelation chapter 3 stood up and said, I wish that you were either hot or cold. I wish that you were medicinal. How many know the church is called to be a medicinal answer to the ales of the world right now? Keep that edge. The spirit of life brings that medicinal healing property. You're also called not to be medicinal and boring. You're also called to be medicinal and refreshing. And so Jesus said, I wish you were hot or medicinal and or refreshing. At least one of them, because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Do you get the picture? God wants your life to be medicinal. God wants your life to be refreshing. And the spirit of life will bring that. Again, if we go a little further on, just to the end of that chapter, we see a beautiful picture here. I want to land this just in the next few minutes. I'm going to pray for those people before, before we finish that, that, that say, Michael, man, I, need to, I can relate to you in some way. I, I, I need to connect with Jesus today. Don't worry. We haven't forgotten that. We're going to get there. In Revelation 22, it speaks of this beautiful crystal clear water river of life. That, that flows out from under the throne of God, under the tabernacle of God, just off the threshold there. And uh, it's just such a beautiful picture. And you know, we don't we're not we're not looking for a tabernacle to do that, because the Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's saying, I want the that river of life to flow out of you, as in the John 7: rivers of living water to flow out from you. Now that verse there comes out of Ezekiel chapter 47. And that's where I just want to camp for the next minute or two. Ezekiel 47. And this is that verse that, that, that Pastor Dave had no idea I had in my message. I had no idea that that was... So here, listen up. I, re, I believe God's saying something to us right now. Bringing maybe me all the way to, from Australia. You've got your 30th anniversary coming up. Wow. 30 in Scripture without diving too deep into it, is a picture of maturity, of of spiritual maturity, intellectual maturity, emotional maturity, and and physical maturity. Basically, a coming of age. I believe that this next anniversary is a coming of age for Kingsgate. In this verse here, verse 9 of uh, Ezekiel 47, it actually says, and it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. He's a spirit of life. You know, one of these actually gets me a bit mad is people is like, yeah, well, I'm a Christian. Praise the Lord. I've been in the way for 45 years. Well, maybe it's time you get out of the way. No, no, I'm not being funny. Or it could be, frankly, a 15-year-old. It's like, it's like when the spirit of life is in us, surely it should show. And I'm not just talking about external happiness or laughing our heads off, but there's a joy of the Lord, which he says is our strength. And so how we manifest the spirit of God, the spirit of life in us, I actually think matters. Oh, I feel better now. Here's, here's this. Let me, let me tell you the story. So, so Ezekiel says, and if you've been around here at all, you would have maybe heard this a couple of times. God speaking to Ezekiel, he said, there's this water coming out from under the throne, and where it's going, it's going gonna, it's gonna to produce trees on either side of the river, and the leaves of those trees are for the healing of the nations. God is starting to elevate um, in, a, in, a, in a humble kind of way the work here at Kingsgate to help a whole swag of churches around the UK and beyond. But God's saying, hey, and this is where you and I come in, you particularly, because I'm going tomorrow, tonight. He says, come into the water. See that river? Come in, and, and, and the first wade through was just that, up to the ankles. He says, come another half a mile down. And the wade in was up to the knees, then to the waist. And he says, whoa. He says, I want you to jump in a couple of miles down. You can't stand. Now, that to me speaks of a a next level trust in who he is, a next level reliance, not on self, but on him. And honestly, you can rely on him. Whatever you're going through right now, you can trust him. You can rely on him. As you approach this 30th anniversary, and I know it's a couple of months away, but this is maybe just a little rev up, just a little kind of, little, hey, hey, it's coming. And I believe the implications are, you say, what does it mean coming at another level from ankles? to? Well, it can mean a number of things. As it comes to your heart for this local church and your life, for some of you, it might mean wading in deeper in your personal intimacy and relationship with Jesus. You know, it's it's mindful to have every day with Jesus. Some of us kind of flip that over and say every now and again. Sorry, Selwyn Hughes. Every now and again, with Jesus. For others, it's like you've been a consumer here. You've been someone's come in, which is great. We're thrilled to have you here, but but maybe it's time where God's stirring your heart to say, "Hey, I really do need to be in community. I need to, I need to get into a, a community group," and you really do. You need to not just for you. You need to for them because you're amazing. Maybe it's like, well, I'm not going to come and be served by everyone else. So that's that's got bumps on it. I'm actually going to start to, I'm going to talk to someone and say, hey, would there be somewhere I could fit in? in the, like, I, I think I can help. Maybe for others of you, it's in the area of giving. You've been, you've been, it's been an area that's freaked you out a little bit. Maybe it's an area that God's saying, come on, come on, time to start to simply obey my word. Time to start tithing. For others, it's you know, interesting. It gets deeper the further away it gets from the source, the river. And, and, and you're diving in, not just for you. The, 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 the river of God flows outward is the fill in the blank. The river of God flows, always flows outward to bless other people.